Hey guys, we get to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Can you guys find the podcast on YouTube or anywhere else you can get your podcast? And we're just so thankful you guys are here, you found us, and that you guys are with us today. Okay, so this podcast, we are in the studio, so you can hear the studio quality audio, but there will be no video today. I'm actually saving some time to put out another animation, hopefully by the end of this week, early next week. Um, The response from the animation that we put out before has been incredible, and we're so excited to go on this animation journey with you guys. So definitely check that out, and we'll put that out hopefully at the end of this week, early next week. All right, so here's where we're going with our podcast today. If, if you uh, if you saw the title on either Instagram, Facebook, social media, I put out there that we're going to be talking about the topic happily never after, okay? Not happily ever, happily never after, right? Now, now you can read into that, right? You can say, well, is this going to be like a, a weird relationship, like – you know, feels podcast. It's not. And if it was going to be one, y'all know I would have, I would have, you know, boys to men end of the road plan. I would have some, uh, I would have some boys to men. It's so hard to say goodbye. Some, some, uh, some Justin Bieber, uh, home to mama song. Hey, that's a great song. Check that out. Justin Bieber, Cody Simpson, home to mama. It, that acoustic. That's ridiculous. Uh, what's another one? Uh, I knew I loved you by Savage Garden. Uh, I, I'm giving y'all jewels here, right? But those are just, if this was a feels episode, you know, that stuff would be playing. But here's where, you know, we like to have fun and joke around. So so here's where, but those songs are great, so check that out. But here's kind of where we want to go. So it's not going to go that way, but I think what it's going to do as we study the Bible together, there's going to be some, there's going to be some things that we're going to learn and we're going to see and maybe hopefully learn about Christ and learn about ourselves a little bit more, okay? So here's here's kind of how we want to start this as you're in the gym, you're walking, you're getting in the car, uh, you got your Bible out, your tablet out, you're with a group of people. This is where we want to start as we're getting prepped to go. So there was a, there's a story, I don't know if you heard this before, but this was pretty cool when I, I heard this story. It's called The Empty Pot, okay? It's called The Empty Pot. There was a there was once a young boy. His name was Ping. Pot P I N G Ping. And what he liked to do, Ping liked to grow flowers. Right? He loved the aroma of it. He loved the work of it. He loved seeing something almost essentially come from nothing and blossom into something incredible. Right? So he loved he loved the process. Right? And so in his town, the emperor. The emperor loved flowers too, just as Ping loved them. But the emperor, what he wanted to do, he wanted to find his successor because he was getting older. So the emperor, he basically put out an edict and he said, I'm going to call all of the children to my palace and we're going to see whoever grows the greatest flower will become my successor. So all the children in the palace with their parents, with the with the town, they're so excited. So they go back and one by one, before they leave, the emperor gives each children, each child a seed, right? Gives each child a seed. And he says, you have a year. You have one year to grow this flower. And after a year, you're going to come back to the palace and we're going to evaluate and we're going to see who's going to become the next emperor. 
Ping was obviously so excited because this is what I do. You know, this is this is what I love to do. I don't I don't get paid for this. I do this because I love it. You know, I don't do it for any other reason for this, but for the sake of I just love doing what I'm doing. Right. I just love it. So Ping takes that seed, cultivates it, plants it, waters it, takes care of it, nurtures it, gives it enough sunlight, gives it enough water, gives it enough personal care and love and concern. All these things that Ping is doing. And so a couple months pass by, and normally by this point, he would see some type of growth. He would see some type of uh, like a root system building. He's not seeing anything. He's not seeing anything. few more months pass. Now, by this point, little sprouts would at least root to where you see, okay, the flower's getting ready to grow. Still nothing. So Ping's friends, they come around and their flowers are already starting to grow and bloom. And they can already start to smell the aroma. And Ping, Ping, what's wrong with your seed? I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm doing everything I've always done with every other seed. This is just not, this one's just not growing. So his friend said, well, you better hurry up because you only have a couple more months until it's time to go see the king. Those months pass by and now it's a year. Ping sees his empty pot just soil. There's nothing there. And his father says, you've done all that you can. You need to take your pot and you need to go and see the emperor like he said. So sadly, Ping walks up and he walks to the palace and they kind of have the children lined up. And Ping is the only one in there with an empty pot, just soil, just soil. And he's there and he sees everyone else's flowers. I mean, the aroma, if you've ever been to like a botanical garden, maybe on a field trip or whatever the case might be, y'all know the scent of flowers when it just hits you. It smells great. And even if you've gotten like a, you've got a bouquet for somebody and while you're holding it before you give it to them, you can smell how strong maybe even 10 or 12 flowers are. Imagine a whole town of children full of just flowers and the aroma is just incredible. So the aroma is just, it's seeping through the palace. And the king goes by and he's looking at each one, one by one, and he's giving praise. Man, this is this is wonderful. This smells great. This looks amazing. This, this one is so strong. You rooted it in such dark soil. You did such a great job. And he's saying that to all these other kids, right? And then he comes to Ping. And Ping is there in tears. And the emperor looks at him and says, what's, what's, in, your, uh, what's in your pot? And Ping said, there's nothing. I, I, I took the seed that you gave me, and I planted that seed, and I took care of that seed, and I did everything that you said, but mine just, mine didn't grow. Now, in Ping's mind, his thoughts, as my thoughts would be, and maybe your thoughts would be, his thoughts are, everyone else's seed is better. There's something, there's something wrong with mine. And so the king starts to shed tears and the king brings his royal guard over and he yells an exclamation i finally found him i found my successor and ping said why, why me so the king the emperor went back on his throne and he said he took the seed that i gave him and he took care of that seed for a year and he did exactly what i wanted him to do he looked at every other child in the uh, 
in the in the palace and he asked one simple question where did you all get your seeds from it was quiet ping where did you get your seed from i got it from you emperor where did you get all of your seeds from ping's friends everyone else couldn't answer the emperor said the seeds that i gave you all a year ago walking out this door he said i cooked all of those seeds meaning no matter what you would have done that seed wouldn't have grown but why is it that all of you have beautiful aroma flowers why is it that you have those and that's not the seed that i gave you ping is the only one that took my seed and he planted the seed that i gave him that's why he's going to be king here's why here's why we bring that analogy in when we think about when we think about who Jesus was. And what we're going to do just for the next couple minutes, we're going to look at this this topic from the lens of the apostles and not just them. <clears throat> yes, it, this can't apply to the Jews at that time, but we're really going to hone in on the apostles. We're going to put our lens on them and we're going to see something that they've always wanted, something that they wish for, something that they knew that was prophesied from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, something that they knew was coming, the seed that was going to blossom into something that they wanted. When God planted that seed and God gave the seed to mankind as the emperor gave the seed to pain, why is it that we're still looking for something else? So could it be possible that for, for you and me that we're looking at Jesus in the wrong ways. So we want Jesus to provide me, to provide you that happily ever after. But when you think about it, the way that we look at Christ, the way that we look at his nature, the way that we look at God, the disciples and the Jews, they saw him as he's going to be our general He's going to be our military leader. He's going to be, we will fight next to him and he's going to provide us that happily ever after that we're looking for because that's what we want out of him. But when they saw who Jesus really was, they knew he was the son of God, so they didn't question his authority. But when they saw that Jesus wasn't what they pictured him to be, their happily ever after turned into happily never after because this is not what we wanted. This is not what we wanted. And so here's what we want to do. We want to paint this picture. We want to paint this picture because I think it's important because what we're going to do is we're going to personify the seed as two things. The seed, number one, the seed is going to be your life. The seed is not the color of your skin. The seed is not your situation. The seed is not things that are going right and wrong in your life right now. That's not what the seed personifies. The seed personifies your life. The seed also personifies who Jesus is. He was that seed, okay? So now, let's look at the picture that's painted in Isaiah chapter 53, okay? Isaiah 53, beginning in verse 1. All right, so we're diving back in. The prophet's speaking, and watch what he says beginning in verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him, capital H, talking about God. He shall grow up before him. And what does your Bible say? 
as a tender plant, as a tender plant. You know, what Jesus was to the disciples, he was supposed to be this. He was supposed to grow into this. He was supposed to grow from this from this lamb. He was supposed to grow into this lion that would conquer and that would vindicate us and that would make us feel great and that would make us feel this level of revenge. He was supposed to be that for me. But this is not what God wanted him to be for me. He was a tender plant. And as a root out of dry ground. When you think about your life, right, as we pers- as we go through these things simultaneously, when you think about your life, God has given you a seed. And like I said before, the seed is not your skin color. The seed is not these other things. The seed is your life in general. And the Lord gave you that seed just as he gave to everybody else that's ever lived, that's living now, and that ever will live in the future. He gave you something. The king gave you a seed. But sometimes what we can do with that seed, guys, is we have these, which is not wrong. I never want to say that it's wrong. There, it's never wrong to have dreams, never wrong to have desires, never wrong to have even wants. It's not wrong for that. But sometimes what we can do, guys, is that the seed that the emperor gave us, the king gave us, sometimes we feel like something's wrong with it. Something's wrong with that seed. There's a problem with it. Why? Well, maybe it's not, maybe it's not blossoming in the way that I thought it would. Maybe it's not blossoming as my friends are blossoming. Maybe it's not blossoming as others are blossoming. Maybe it's not blossoming as the way even I thought it would blossom. And so you think something is wrong with the seed that the king gave you. You know, I, I saw something the other day that was uh, that was pretty eye-opening and, and interesting. A guy was having a uh, a guy was having a conversation with some friends of his, and uh, he said, "I feel like something is uh, what he's he, he he said I feel like something's wrong with me." He said, I, "I feel like something's broken," meaning he said, "I feel like I can do these things that others are doing, but I feel like um there's something there's something wrong with there's something broken inside of me." Right. I don't know what that is, but he said something's broken. You know, you could feel like that with the seed that the king gave you, that something is something's wrong with a heavenly seed, the life, the the privilege of life that God gave you. Something's wrong with that. And, you know, you might think that it's possible that others have told you that your whole life, everyone you've always been around. Maybe, maybe the home that you grew up in, maybe the environment that you grew up in, you've always felt like there's something wrong with my seed. There's something wrong with me, something wrong with my life. You think about what the disciples thought about Jesus, what the nation of the Jews thought about Jesus, even what the Romans thought. No, this is your king, huh? Yeah, like, like this man's going to take care of us. We just scourged him. We just almost beat him to the point of death, and he's not even saying a word. What king you guys have? You know, when you think about who Jesus was, Jesus was that tender plant and that root out of dry ground. The text says that he had no form, verse 2. 
He didn't have any comeliness about him. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. What did they desire out of him? Remember what we looked at in our Jonathan series, how the people desired Saul? Why did they desire him? Because he was taller than everyone. Why did they desire him? Because he was he could be that leader that they wanted him to be, and they got it. They got it. Here's the thing. of uh, Here's my question for you as kind of we study and we conversate and we kind of try to meditate on these things. What do you actually desire out of yourself? Glory in some way? Do you desire, well, it's it's for a good cause. You know, I'm doing good things. I'm I'm saying good things. I'm 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 writing good things. I'm speaking good things. Yeah, but what do you want though? What do you really want? Do you really want glory? And only you know that answer. Do you really want what do you want out of this? Do you want that pat on the back? Do you want that that acknowledgement? What do you want out of it? What do you want out of all this? And now the question we got to ask ourselves too, as after we ask ourselves that question, now we got to ask, what do we want from Christ? What do I want? What do I want my Lord to be for me? What do I want Jesus Christ to be for Jordan Pugh? What do I want him to be for me? The Jews and the disciples, they wanted him to be something different than what he was. I want you to provide something for me. I want you to elevate us over our oppressors as the Jews. I want you to vindicate me. I want you to conquer with me. I want you to show my goodness before everyone else in your name, Jesus. That's what I want out of you. What do I want out of Jesus today for me? Well, Jesus is the only way that my life can be somewhat decent. So that's why I want Jesus. Not saying that's not a good reason, but is that it? Well, the closer I am to Jesus, then that's the only way that I could find that spouse. That's a great thing, but is that it? What do you want out of him? You see, here's how the question needs to change. It's not necessarily what I want out of my Lord. It's what I can it's what I can give and serve him with. I give to my Lord. And I think I'll put myself in this, but you have to honestly ask yourself this question too. Is it very possible that our entire lives as a Christian, is it very possible that our entire lives is wanting something out of him rather than giving myself to him. The whole time I've known Jesus, is this, is this about wanting some? He gives me the best opportunity for a blank to happen. And here, here's a whole other question right here. Do I just want Jesus for heaven? That's an amazing, incredible thing. But here's my question. Is that enough? Do I want Jesus just for a reward? Or do I want Jesus just not to go to, just not to be condemned? Is that enough? Why is it that we don't want Jesus just for Jesus? Why not serve? Well, I want Jesus so I can go to heaven. 
Well, I want Jesus so I won't go to hell. Well, I want Jesus so I can get this. Well, I want Jesus so that I can have this. We're Look at what we're saying. We want Jesus to give us these things. But why don't we just want Jesus? Why is he not enough? Well, I mean, those things are a part of Jesus. Uh, why not just him? Why not? I, I, I heard a song yesterday, man. It, it's actually a, a different version of In Christ Alone. It has some of the same lyrics, but in this version it says, it is a privilege and it's an honor to know you more. Life is not about what Jesus and God can give us, even though they are capable of giving us certain things. This life is about us giving myself to them. And I think I I have easily missed that point. Honestly, have you? Did the disciples? Did the Jews? We missed the point. And just like those other kids in that analogy that I said in the beginning, those other kids, when Jesus, when the church, when Christian people, when they're not what I want them to be for me, I'm just going to go get another seed. And I'm going to grow something else. Isn't that the scary thing that if you don't want who Jesus is, there's things on this earth and there are there are decent people that aren't wrong and bad. There's other seeds that you can grab that can grow into great things, but it's still not him. Did y'all know that? That's kind of kind of spooks me a little bit. Those other seeds that the children got, they grew. But what was so special about Ping in that story was Ping was just satisfied. I know I'm not getting the results. I'm not getting the I'm not getting the personal satisfaction of stuff. I'm not getting the the joy of certain things. I'm not getting those things. But Ping said the only thing that I'm happy about getting that I just got something from the king. That's what I'm happy about. I just got something from him. I'm reminded of we mentioned this at the end of our um Jonathan series, I think it was part six at the end-ish, I think. But we mentioned that Jonathan had a son. Remember the promise that Jonathan and David made to each other? They made the covenant that my seed will be with your seed forever. Jonathan dies. David becomes king. Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, is now with David. Mephibosheth is now sitting at the table with David. And David said, you will sit at my table forever. Something that happens is there's a coup that begins, um, when Absalom takes over. So because Mephibosheth can't move, he's basically stagnant. So eventually, David understands, he finds out. They come back, and Mephibosheth is the first one to come out to meet David. And Mephibosheth said, everything that that they were saying is not true. He said, all I want is to sit at your table. I think, guys, our lives... And again, I'm still um, I'm still working through this because this is not an easy thing to do, and it's not an easy mindset to have, but I'm still working on this with you. We have to get to the point where my Christian walk is not about anything that I could get from anyone. My Christian life is just I'm satisfied with the fact that the king gave me something. 
The king gave me life, the seed. The king gave me the best seed that he had, Jesus. And the king gave me the opportunity to give my life back to that seed. Everything else that could come with that, financial help, a spouse, a home, uh, joy, kids, whatever you want to put, anything else that comes with that, if it happens, it's literally just icing on the cake. We must be satisfied that I just have something from the king. Well, then that begs the question. Well, Jordan, what if what if I'm like Ping, though? If you're listening, what if there's other people that do have Jesus? They do have, they do have the seed from the emperor, but their stuff's growing. So what do I do when I'm like ping and my stuff's growing? My stuff's not growing. So what am I supposed to do in that situation? This is where it gets, this is where it gets real for you. Because where it gets real is verbally in this microphone right now, being satisfied with Christ alone, it sounds really sweet and it sounds great when you sing it melodically in a song, but living that thing, living that thing ain't easy. Living that thing is not easy. But what it does, it trains your mind that whatever the king decides to give me, whether mine grows and it's it's the aroma can be seen and smelt everywhere or whether it doesn't. I'm just satisfied that the king saw fit to give Jordan Anthony Pugh something. The king gave me something. Why am I not satisfied with what, what he gave me? I got to be satisfied with what the king gave. And the king has given me enough. Now, does this mean that you don't have wants, desires, dreams? Absolutely not. And keep praying for those things. I'm not saying don't do that and be set. But you understand the point of what I'm saying. Be satisfied that the king saw fit to give you something. As we keep reading in Isaiah 53. Here's at the end of at the kind of the beginning of verse three. To those that question, well, I have something from the king, but but things aren't growing, things aren't things aren't developing. I'm not seeing anything. Things are getting harder. Things have never been easy. I've never gotten anything. Nothing's ever aligned the right way. Nothing's ever been handed. If you're that person, this verse is specifically for you. Sometimes when you get a seed from the king, this is what your life will be when you get the seed from the king. He's despised. He's rejected of men. He is a man of sorrows. And he is acquainted with grief. This is all that I know. All you may know in your life is things just don't work. It doesn't mean you're doing things wrong. It doesn't mean you're doing things bad. It doesn't mean you're not um, working towards good things. It doesn't mean that your prayers aren't good. It doesn't mean you're not praying right. It doesn't mean you're not studying right. It doesn't mean you're not helping right. It doesn't mean you're not doing anything wrong. But things just don't work for you. Things just don't work. Did you know that Jesus, Jesus was acquainted with that. That word, Jesus was friends with grief. He knew grief. 
we think we know grief. Jesus knew it. And this was not just talking about the cross. Jesus knew grief. He felt it. He saw it in other people's eyes. Does it mean that Jesus didn't have joy? No. Did it mean that Jesus didn't enjoy time with others? Absolutely not. Jesus did enjoy time with others. But two things can be true. You can enjoy life and still be acquainted with certain things. This is what he knew. What if the seed that God gave someone else blossoms, but the seed God gives you doesn't? Here's my question. Whose seed is better? The person's that's growing and blossoming and smelling amazing and everyone can see it? Or the seed that doesn't grow? Whose is better? Neither one. Neither one is better. They're both the exact same. Why? Because both seeds came from the king. Both seeds came from the king. Now, there may be things you don't understand. There may be things that you will never understand. And I'm just trying to save you guys some mental mental gymnastics. Just stop trying to figure it out. You know, just questioning stuff and comparing yourself. And it's just that you're wasting, you're wasting mental energy and mental time. Yeah, I don't know why the seed's not growing. But the king gave me the seed for something. Maybe this seed was specifically for me so that I could glorify God in this way. Maybe this seed is specifically for me for right now. Maybe, I ha- maybe the way that I glorify God is different than theirs. I want you to imagine this. Imagine we're in a room with Joseph, with Daniel, with Abram, and let's say with Jacob. Let's say we're in the room with those, with those four. And the king gives all four of them different seeds. You all are going to glorify me. That's what the king says. All four of you will glorify me. Here's my question. Did all four of them have different situations? Yeah, absolutely. Joseph glorified God, but Joseph had to suffer. Abram glorified God, but Abram had to wait, and Abram sinned too. Daniel had to glorify God, but Daniel was taken captive into a whole new land that wasn't his. Jacob glorified God, but Jacob started out as a deceiver. Each one got a seed from the king, but the seed developed and blossomed differently to glorify God. So this is why I you can't compare your seed to another Christian person's seed that you're seeing. So if God wants them to glorify him in whatever way that they're doing, whatever they're doing, praise God for that. But do not say something's wrong with me because I'm not in their shoes. Nothing's wrong with you. The way that God wants you to glorify him, yeah, you may have to suffer more than another brother in Christ. You may have to see things that another brother in Christ will never see in this lifetime. You may have to go through things that no one will ever touch. But just because you're going through it or someone else hasn't gone through it, it doesn't make one person better and one person lesser. God is teaching each person that he gives a seed something. So you got to be satisfied in whatever he's given you. He's teaching me something with this seed. I don't know. I honestly don't know what it is. Do you know what it is for you? Probably not. 
but I have to be satisfied that the king gave me something. So your experiences, the things that you've seen, the things that you've been through, who you are, it's not a mistake. There's not something broken with you. There's not something the Lord didn't cook your seed and gave someone else a perfect seed. There's nothing wrong with you. Your seed is special because it's from the king. It's from the king. I want you to look at this real quick. Look at uh, um, look at Matthew 16. Look at Matthew 16 since this is kind of fresh for me as we kind of looked at this. So here's what's interesting. When you read the book of Matthew, verses or chapters 1 through 15, obviously we see Jesus introduced. But from this point, from chapter 1 to chapter 16, Jesus hasn't talked about his suffering yet. Okay, he hasn't talked about his suffering yet. So the disciples view of him is you're going to be what we want you to be for us. But now I want you to notice what Jesus says. So remember, he asked the question in verse 13 of chapter 16, who do men say that I am? Right. Well, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what do you say? Right. What do you say that I am? Well, you are. You're Jesus, the son of the living God. You're the Christ. So then verse 21, I want you to notice a small thing that we could miss. And from that time, when Peter said, you are Jesus, from that time, what did Jesus begin to show his disciples? He began to talk about the things that he will suffer. So imagine meeting Christ and then as we meet him, I don't know how much time has elapsed here, but from the time that I met him to right now, he's never talked about suffering and dying. The only thing that I see of him is he's going to conquer and I'm going to be there with him. I don't see my king, the seed, the thing that I've been waiting for, my desire, my hope, my dreams. I don't see him going away from me and dying. From that time forward, Jesus began to show them what he will suffer. Now, imagine from this time to his death, he's talking about how he's leaving his death. But that's not what I want to grow. That's not how I want my flower to bloom. That's not how I want things to. Not my will. But thy will be done. So here's the here's the process that all of us will have to go through with Jesus. As we kind of close our thoughts. Sometimes in our immaturity, when we first know him, and this is just a part of Christian growth, when we first know who Jesus is, we have a happily ever, ever mindset with him. He can provide these things because I've seen him do it for others. He can do these things because I've seen him do it. He can take away things because I've seen him do it. But what if your seed's different? So then our view of Jesus through suffering, that happily ever after, turns into a happily never after. Well, Jesus wasn't what I thought. He's not. He's not doing things for me. Why would he be, why would he be so picky and choosy about things? Why would he give others this and not? Why would he do that? Doesn't seem fair to me. 
So then your view of God, the nature of who he is, how you view the church, how you view his people, it begins to be kind of skewed and messed up. But then in your suffering, as your seed seemingly doesn't grow, if you are diligent in your prayer, if you're diligent in your humility and understanding who you are, and if if you've been knocked down by your own choices or the Lord just knocked you down, now you're at a place now where you can listen and learn the correct way. And now that happily never after turns into happily ever after again, because now you begin to realize, I understand the Lord may not do this. He may not do that. He may do this. He may not do that. But now it's all just about him now. Now what a happily ever after for a Christian is, it's not about the blessings that you can get. The happily ever after for a Christian is the fact that I know my Lord. The privilege just to know you a little bit more, that is my reward. And a mansion comes with that, that's icing. Heaven comes with that, that's icing. All these other things come with that, that's icing. But the fact that I know Jesus Christ more, that is the goal. Do not miss the point of all this stuff. The goal is just to know him. And if you do that, it doesn't matter if your seed grows that everybody sees it. It doesn't matter if your seed grows and it's the biggest thing everyone's ever seen. As long as the king gave you something and you did the best that you could with what you what the king gave you, the king will be satisfied that you protected his seed, number one, but then two, you gave your seed back to him. So for you guys, man, I understand the conversations. I understand the mindsets. I understand the mental gymnastics that you can go through day by day, year by year. Like, I get it. But if you guys need some help, man, reach out. Talk to us. You won't be the first. You know, uh, share this with someone who – you think could be encouraged by this. Um, you know, everyone is everyone is facing something or they're getting ready to. And so this doesn't have to be the way that you live your life as a Christian. It doesn't have to be like that. And I think when you start to transform your mindset, you become that flower that blossoms. And those that are around you, whether that's one person, whether that's 50 people, whether that's 20, they will see that. But our attitude about Christ and our attitude about everybody else's seed, our attitude about all that stuff's got to switch up, okay? Nothing, and I'm saying this out of love because I care for you guys, nothing's going to change if you don't change your mindset about the seed that you have. That's number one. Nothing's going to change unless you change your mind about the seed that you have. Then number two, nothing's going to change if you don't change your mind about the seeds that everybody else has got. 
once those two things change in your mind, stuff gets different. I'm just letting y'all know. Stuff gets different. And it's uh, it's almost like uh it's almost unexplainable how stuff gets different, but it just does. Okay? And I just want you guys to be encouraged by that thought and we care for you guys and we want to be here for you guys on that journey. So, we love you guys. Uh, appreciate you guys. Definitely check out the animation that's coming out at the end of this month or month, end of this week, early next week. So check that out. Um, looking forward to to recording again next week on Monday. So we will see you guys on Monday next week. Thanks, guys.